It's a little different for us here on Wednesday nights. You know, normally we have worship and everything, but this is our fourth week now and uh, victorious living. And, and with that, if you're visiting, we have uh, three different things going on right now. We have a marriage class um, as well as a finance class going on in our back modular buildings. And then in here is, is all about renewing the mind. And so if you've missed any aspect of the renewing the mind aspect, uh, you can go online and, and listen to that. But it's been really just some foundational teaching about what really God's desire is for each one of us, for our mind to be renewed. Amen? Our mind to be renewed. And, and so we're doing this, this, this whole series between here and back there for about 10 weeks. Uh, then we'll kind of go back to normal for summer and do some other, other things. And then probably print about to go back in September and offer three more classes as well. Uh, you know, just to, because we want, we want to be able to offer things that, that can cause growth in every area of your life, no matter where you are in your life. Amen? And it's so good to see y'all out here uh, tonight, and uh, man, just just appreciate y'all. And um, you know, we're about making winners in life. You know, that, that Dr. Savell founded the church, and Miss Carolyn founded the church in 2000. And uh, you know, his whole mandate in ministry has been about making winners in life through the Word, the Word, and 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 and, and finding things. And well, how did Jesus operate and and live his life, and how did he minister? There was a time, I believe it is in Mark, Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 5, where, where he was ministering and, and it said he recognized that they had a need. He saw that there was a need. But you know what? It, in this particular time, he just didn't go ahead and meet the need. What did he do? It said he sat down and he taught the word. He, he taught the word. So no matter where you are in life, the answer is always going to come back to what are you seeing in the word? You know, so here at, at Heritage, we're, we're about teaching the word because because I believe the word, you know, is, is is the key to victory in your life. You know, faith, you know, first John chapter five tells us that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And it's yeah. even our faith. And but we also know it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? Say, hearing by what? You see, it's it's hearing the word. It's not just having heard. I mean, I'm so, I'm so grateful I'm not building my life on something I heard 20 years ago. But I'm having, to, I'm having to live by what I'm basing, what I'm seeing in the Word right now. Amen. I, oh, you know, and and so, so wherever you're at right now, it's just you need to continue to have the Word, you know, whether it's going in your, your eyes or going in your ears, whatever it is. You need to constantly have that Word, that Word going into your heart because the Word is life and health. To every aspect of our life. And, and that's why we've been talking about renewing the mind. Because, because renewing the mind is vital to take you to where, where God desires you to go. You know, like I said, I, could, I can't, I would never be where I am today if I lived on just the things I heard in, in 1993 when I got born again. I, I, I ha, it's, it's constantly progressing, constantly growing. You know what? I haven't arrived yet. I haven't arrived yet. You have your Bibles. Turn to uh, Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. And we're going to continue on this and just continue laying foundation. Just you know, brick upon brick. The word says here a little, there a little. Precept upon precept. And I don't have time to go back in and, and, and review. Let me ask you a question. Is it important what you think on? You know, there's, there's a lot of people that disagree with that. Because, 
because they, they don't, there's, there's, uh, just initially comes to mind, you know, ever heard someone, you heard that phrase, well, the devil made me do it. <laughs> uh, no, your thinking made you do it. You know, or, you know, a lot of people make excuses. Well, I don't know why I did that. Well, somewhere along the line, you meditated on that. Well, well, how did, you know, man, they were just a, well, then, man, I, I couldn't believe that, that that couple ran off and that, that minister had an affair with that person. And, and I, I can't believe that, man, they were spirit-filled. Not that day they weren't. Right. Right. It was, oh, man, they, they, were, they, were, they were, man, they were good people. Well, it, it's not something that happens overnight. Adultery is not something that just all of a sudden I just fell into adultery. No, it, it just doesn't happen. No, there was a thought process that got you there. Right. And when someone, someone takes someone else's life... It's, it, it is a process of thinking, and, and that's why with all the, the debates and things going on with gun control and all that thing, we, the, the issue that we have going on in our society is a thinking problem. That's it. And it's a thinking problem because it's been what's been deposited problem. And it has nothing to do with any... You can, you can put, try to put Band-Aids on things, and that's never going to fix the root of, of what's going on in humanity today. You, you, can, you can add laws, you can add legislation, you can add all these different things, but you know what? It's still going to come down to what we're thinking. And what we're thinking comes down to what's being meditated upon. And so I'm not going to get on a soapbox and, and, and talk about politics, but the, the whole standpoint is, is what are you putting in your eyes? What are you putting in your ears? Because whatever you're doing, it is to ultimately is going to, is shaping your life and it's shaping the direction of your life. That's why we need to get into the word. And and Joshua says, meditate the word day and night, meditate the word day and night. It says, so you can make your way prosperous and you can have good success. So, so on the other side of what I'm meditating is either success or failure. And so we have to look at what am I meditating on? What am I thinking on? What am I putting into my heart? What am I putting into my life? Is it feeding me? Is it feeding me to strengthen our future or is it destroying me and taking me a direction I don't want to go? Now here in Jeremiah 29, it tells us, he says, I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Say that with me. I know the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans of peace and not evil to give you hope in your final outcome. See, we have to renew our thoughts to what God's thoughts are about our lives. Because, see, his thoughts are to carry us to, to an end result of peace. It says that the final outcome is peace. The final outcome is peace. The final outcome is peace. You know, and, and, and you have to understand, uh, you know, when you, when I got born again, the, the, getting born again is not a, a, you'll never have another problem in your life. That's not, you know, we, we can all say that that's not going to happen, Pastor Justin. No, the thing is, when I got born again, it started me on this journey of this life of faith. And because I have this life of faith, I line my life up to the word. So no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to shape my life around this word because there's a promise to this word. It's not a promise that I'll never have trials, that I'll never have problems, that I'll never have circumstances. But I build my life upon what this word says. And what this word says is what gives me peace, not my surroundings. 
You know, oftentimes we, we, we determine the success of our life if, if, if everything is going good. I don't, I don't judge the success of my life. I judge my success by the word. I judge it by the word because I know the word will eventually change whatever I'm going through or whatever I'm facing or whatever I'm deal with, dealing with. You know, I've been through some negative things in my life. But yet it's been the word is that got me over and has brought me to where I am today. Whether it's a personal issue, a financial issue, a family issue, a, 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 a fear issue, whatever it is, always going back to the word because the renewing my mind to the word, you know, you have, you have to grow in here. When you grow in here, your heart, your thinking, you'll grow out here. Okay. You know, it's kind of like the thought processes of, a, of someone that, that, that wins the lottery. And you're like, okay, they just won, a, they just won you know, $200 million. Well, you know, well that, that can be all in well and good for a moment. But if you don't have $200 million thinking, you're going you're gonna to lose that $200 million. That is right. You know, I've heard it said about this. You know, it's like you can, you can take a, a, a pastor or a minister that has the ability, only has the ability to pastor 100 people. And put him, and, and he'll say, well, I don't have the, the luxuries that uh, this pastor does. And you can put him in a church of a thousand people. You know what? And he's going to lose 900. Mm-hmm. Why? Because, because that minister only has the capacity to lead at a hundred people. But you can put that person that has the capacity to lead at a, at a thousand people, put him in, in the church of a hundred people. And that church is going to be a thousand people. Why? Because he's grown in here. And so, so what you and I need to do, if we want to go higher in our life, we need to grow in here, grow in our, I say that I grow in, grow in our hearts, grow in our hearts and our mind. And it, and it comes down to the word. Amen. It comes down to the word. Every success principle is found in this word and it's renewing our mind to this word. Go to Roman, uh, Romans chapter 12. You're going to hear me say the word peace. A lot tonight. Because I believe peace is, is what each one of us continue. We need to continue to operate in. Out of a life of peace. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm in Luke 12. So that's not going to help us for the moment. I'm sure there's some good stuff in Luke 12. But well. Hallelujah. This has been one of our key scriptures. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So don't be conformed to this world. When we talk about conformed, the word conformed to be pressed into. You know, back in the, you know, in the 80s, you know, we, I went to a, a denominational spirit-filled church and, and we, had, we had these, they called them bazaars or, or soup days or yard sale. I don't know what, what they were, but, but they always had those jello molds like made out of like a lobster or something. You know, it was, you know, or, you know, this jello mold. They had those brass jello molds and, and, you know, maybe I'm the, we only had those in Maryland. I'm the only, okay. All right. Well, let me rewind and, um, hallelujah. Anyway, 
just pretend you know what a jello mold is. Just, you know, just anyway, yeah. It all kinds of shapes. Just trust anchors, you know. We had, yeah, we only in Maryland, you know. Okay. I'm turning red now, and you know, it's the when an illustration just doesn't work, it just doesn't work, and it's just it's all good. But, but you understand, you're being pressed into a mold, you know, it's it's you know, you're being pressed into this mold, and it's we talked about that mold is is, is like peer pressure, you're you're trying to be in fit into this world. So, so here it says, don't be conformed, don't be pressed. See, the world is trying to constantly press you and I into a mold, it, it's it's you know, even the thought of, you know, just one, you know, one world government is just a thought process of, of just trying to fit us into a mold. We all need to think the same way. We all need to be the same way. And you, and, and you need to be okay with me and you need to be okay with that because, because you got to fit into this mold and we all need to be this way. And if you're not this way, why aren't you this way? And, and so trying to conform us into a certain image, but it says, don't be conformed to the world. But it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, so he says, I'm going to be conformed to the wor- world or I'm going to be transformed by the word. And so, and so whatever I'm pressing myself into will be the mold that I become. I either become like Christ. It says, I'm predestined to become in the image of his son. That's, that's what Romans chapter 8, 28 says. I'm, I'm, I'm destined, predestined to be conformed Pressed into the image of his son. That's what God desires me to be. But yet there's this whole other aspect where the world desires me to be pressed into that mold. So, so here I'm either becoming conformed to the world. It tells me don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The uh, New Living Translation says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think. Man. You know what? I, 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 w- I want to be better. I, I want to. You know, I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better pastor. And, and it says. Be into a new person by changing the way you think. It says. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you. Which is good, pleasing, and, per- and perfect. See, he's writing, it says he's, it says he's writing to brethren. It says brethren. So he's writing to Christians here. And so we know Romans chapter 10, he talks about salvation. And there's this mindset of, okay, once I re- receive Jesus, that's all I ever need to do. Everything else is, everything else is just going to be an act of grace. Well, thank God for grace. I appreciate grace. And you're going to renew your mind by grace. <laughs> It, it's going to be it's going to be you, the Holy Spirit and the word working together to renew your mind. It's going to take him work. It's not about what you do on your own. It's not you earning it. It's not you working for it. But Paul tells us, brethren, don't be conformed to the world. Meaning, meaning if if it wasn't if if, if renewing my mind was automatic, then when, why would Paul tell me to have, that I needed to do it? If it was just going to be some sort of act of grace, it's just going to happen automatic. 
No, it it is now that I'm a new creation. Now I need to align my life and know what this is about. So as I renew my mind, I understand what grace is. When I renew my mind, I understand that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When I renew my mind, I understand what I have a right to. When I renew my mind, I understand the right, what he wants to do in my finances. When I renew my mind, I understand how I need to lead my finances. When I renew my mind, I understand what worship is. When I renew my mind, I understand decisions and adjustments and changes that I need to make in my life to navigate where God desires me to go. So, so, so if, if it wasn't something we had to do, then why did Paul tell us we needed to, to, to do it? Yeah, I, I'm grateful for grace. But, but it's, it, at the same time, it's, there's still a part of me that has to be involved in the process. It's not just going to be all of a sudden, my mind's going to be renewed. No, this is a work. This is something I have to press into because if not, I'm going to press into being conformed to the world. Hallelujah. Let's go, to, let's go back a couple pages. I'll ask you a question. Does it matter what you think on? Romans chapter 8, verse 4, it says, actually verse 5, for they that are after the flesh, Romans 8, verse 5, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit mind the things of the spirit. So if I'm just going after my flesh, then what happens, I'm going to constantly think on things of the flesh. If I think on things that are of God or the spirit, then I'm going to think on things that are God. Then it tells us, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now get that, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So, so does it matter what you think on? Here, here it says to be carnally minded. I mean, if I'm constantly worldly minded, it's only going to lead to some aspect of destruction. But it tells me if I'm spiritually minded, it's going to lead me to life and peace. So let me ask you a question. What do you want? Do you want life and peace? <laughs> you, you want life and peace. So it's going to depend on what am I going to allow myself to think on? What am I going to allow myself to meditate on? Verse 7, because the carly mind is, to be carly minded is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Let's go to Philippians 4. In Philippians 4, and we're going to dissect this and we may, may move around a little bit more, but for sake of a title tonight, I'm talking about think on these things. Say that, think on these things. So Paul encourages us in this chapter to think on these things. There's things in the word where the Lord tells us don't think on these things. And there's things in the word that tells us not to think on these things. Once again, let's go back to just even the simplest thought pertaining that. If Paul encouraged us to do it or Jesus encouraged certain things in this aspect, then we need to pay attention to it. If I couldn't control... What I think on, why did he tell me what I could think on? Let me, let me say that. Let me try to see if I can reword that. If he tells me to think on something and not to think on something else, that means each one of us 
have the power to think on right things. Each one of us has the power to think on right things. I want you to say this with me. My mind is my mind. Say it again. My mind is my mind. I am in control what I think on. I never have to think on things I shouldn't think on. With God's help, I can think on right things. With the Holy Spirit, I can think on right things. Because my mind is my mind. Hallelujah. Let that sink in for a moment. You know, like, so there's kind of this this idea of of living with this, well, whatever will be, will be kind of mentality. But you can control what you think on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In Philippians 4, verse 4, says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice. Man, just think, here the Apostle Paul, he is in a dungeon. He's in prison. And some writers, um, you know, talk about what, what type of prison he was in. They said he was in the lower parts of the dungeon. Not just the dun- prison, but in the lower parts of the prison. And you know what? They didn't have, like, sewer systems like we have today. And here Paul is in the lowest part of the dungeon, of the prison. With chains, his back bleeding. And here, this man has the audacity to say, Rejoice in the Lord, and again I say rejoice. You know what? Here, he, he talks about joy more in, more in this chapter than almost any other chapter he writes on. But yet, he's in probably one of the most darkest places he was in his life. He says, Rejoice in the Lord, and again I say rejoice. Man, that, that, that sounds like a man that knows how to control his thinking. Because you know what? I think if I was in, in any prison, I, if I was in the least maximum security there is, I, I don't think I would be like, I'll be like, what am I here for? Why, why am I here? What's going on? They treated me wrongly. And I, I'd be sitting here worried about why, how I got here. And what did, I didn't do anything wrong. I was just preaching Jesus. And they put me here. And, you know, I've got a TV. I've got this. I've got all that. But, you know, what? why did they put me here? And I don't think I'd be like, you know, naturally speaking, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. See, that, that, just think about it. Put yourself in that position where this, 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 this prophet, this minister, this leader is, is controlling his thinking in such a way where his environment isn't controlling him, but he's controlling his environment. He's not allowing his circumstances to control him. He's allowing his revelation of who God is to control him. So he's not allowing his surround, being conformed to his surrounding. He's conforming his surrounding to him. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. See, that, 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 that starts just, just with this thought press. And I wasn't even going to preach on that. That just started, just, that just hot off the press. You know, that just came out of my heart. Just, just this whole aspect of rejoicing is a thought process. This, this heart of, this whole aspect of rejoicing, it, it begins with your thinking. That's it. 
So my re- your rejoicing has nothing to do with your circumstances. Your rejoicing has to do with your faith. And your faith has to do what you know about the word. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. It says, let your moderation, verse 5, let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Well, let's, let's look at this word for a moment, moderation. You know, people use that. Well, let everything in moderation. That's not a scripture. You know, not too much, not too small, not, you know, God doesn't want you too rich and he doesn't want you too poor. Everything in moderation. That, that's not what he's referring to here in the King James. The word moderation here means, it means suitable, gentleness, it means patience, your disposition. So if I talk about patience, I talk about gentleness, I talk about disposition. What is disposition? It's how you carry yourself. So when he says, let moderation, he's saying, let your disposition, let your gentleness, let your humility. Meaning, 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 let how I live my life be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. The word at hand there means to be approaching. The Lord is approaching, meaning he's coming soon. So here he's so put in context, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Let the way you live your life, let your humility, let your quiet gentleness, how you carry yourself be seen by all men. See, your life is a testimony to those that are around you. See, if you're patient and you're gentle, that means... That means that when you're going through negative things, people can't tell. Why? Because your disposition stays the same. But see, that can only happen when you've renewed your mind. Because see, see how... You know, I've used this illustration before. I know you have this. You have traffic in Texas, right? Uh, if you miss the jello mold, you're, it's, it's, if you came in late, you missed that. But... Anyway, <laughs> anyway, it's all good. Maybe I should start over now. Um, but the whole aspect of, of you know, my, my, there's, there's some part of my disposition that needs to be renewed when I drive in traffic. <laughs> don't shake your head too much, honey. That's, don't, don't, in agreement. You know, and, and, so, and so if, you know, standing in line in, at, the, at the Department of Motor Vehicles... And you're standing there, and you're number 674, and they're on number two. And you're standing there, and you're looking at your ticket, and you're like, okay, only 700 more to go. Praise the Lord. And two hours later, you're like, three hours later, you're, you're standing. You know, and so, and so but what happens is, is, you know, you can see it when you stomp, stomp your foot, on your thumbs, you get up, you're on your phone, you're, and, and so that's your disposition. It's, it's you know, are you easy, easily agitated? Are you, what's going on? And, and all can be seen by your disposition. Let your moderation, let, let your gentleness, your, 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 um, your quietness, your, you know, your, ha- be seen by all men. So, so I need to, I need to come to a place where I can renew my mind to where not only is it affect me, but it affects others around me because people are watching me. But it, it's it's a thought. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Because the very next verse tells us, "Be anxious." This is all dealing with anxiety and fear. Be anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious for nothing. <laughs> 
Don't be anxious for nothing. Meaning, let everyone see your gentleness, your humility, your disposition. Be, be it this, just be even. Why? Because of what you're thinking. Be anxious for nothing. Just got that negative report. Well, I'm still going to think this. Just got laid off my job. Well, I'm, I'm going to think this. This just happened to me and my family. Well, I'm still going to think this. And that doesn't mean that you're not tempted to. It just, it, or, or, or things, or, you, or you're, it, we're not drones. God didn't create us to be drones. We're not to be, we're, we're humans. And we, we battle things. We deal with things. We walk through things. But what I'm trying to bring us up thinking is, is, is how do we arrest our mind from our mind controlling us? Because if, you, if you're in a place of anxiety, then that anxiety is going to tr- control your decisions. Yeah, and if you're, you make decisions based on fear, maybe it won't be the right decision. That's, true. That's why we have to renew our mind. And allow, allow God, the Spirit of God, the Word of God to control our lives, navigate our lives. Hallelujah. Be careful for nothing, verse 6 says. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. In the peace of God. In the peace of God. In the peace of God. Which passes all understanding. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Be careful for nothing. Man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts. So let's take off, because the passing all understanding tells us what kind of peace it is. So let's take that out for a moment and read it this way. And the peace of God shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And the peace of God. But the peace of God is a result of what? Being careful for nothing. Being careful for nothing is a product of my thoughts. Hallelujah. So when I receive the information, am I going to allow it to bring fear? Or am I going to allow it to bring faith? Hold your place there. Let's, let's go to Isaiah, um, Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26. Thank you for your word, Father. Holy Spirit, thank you for being a teacher to us. Thank you, Father. Isaiah 26. Look at this. And thou will keep him in perfect peace. The word perfect peace in the original language there could mean this. Thou will keep him in peace, peace. Peace, peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee. Now get that. Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee. So I could read it this way. The mind that is stayed on God is in perfect peace. So the mind that is stayed on God is in perfect peace. So it's where I set my thinking on that determines my level of peace, right? 
Let me read some other, um, other uh, translations of that. The New Living says, You will keep him in perfect peace, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. The English Standard Version says, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. The New American Standard Bible says, The steadfast, the steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. The Christian Standard Bible says, You will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it trusts in you. The CEV, which is the contemporary English version, says, The Lord gives perfect peace to those whose faith is firm. The Good News Translation says, You, Lord, give perfect peace to those who keep their purpose firm and put their trust in you. The International Standard Version says, You will keep perfectly peaceful the one whose mind remains focused on you because he remains in you. The New Heart English Bible says, You will keep him in peace, in peace whose thoughts are fixed on you because he trusts in you. And God's Word translation says, With perfect peace you will protect those whose minds cannot be changed because they trust in you. Yeah, I like that. I like that one. With perfect peace, you will protect those whose minds cannot be changed because they trust in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get that. Keep your mind stayed on him and he gives you perfect peace. Man, so what I think on. Now, get this. This is what I'm really trying to get across. What you think on determines your peace. What you think on determines your peace. So when we talk about renewing the mind, what are you putting into your mind? Because what I'm putting into my mind determines my level of peace. Hallelujah. The next verse in verse 4 says, says, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Trust in the Lord forever. Trust in the Lord forever. The New American Standard says, Trust in the Lord forever, for in God, the Lord, we have an everlasting rock. The contemporary says, So always trust in the Lord because He is forever our mighty rock. Good news says, Trust in the Lord forever. He will always protect us. Word English, World English Bible says, Trust in Yahweh forever, for He is Yah. Yahweh is an everlasting rock. The Young's Literal says, Trust ye in Jehovah forever. For in Yah, Yehovah, he is a rock of ages. Hallelujah. Man. But it's keeping your mind stayed on him. Let's go back to Philippians 4. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. But it's what we're doing with our mind. What we're doing with our thinking. Keep your mind stayed on him. Keep your mind on, your, on his word. Hallelujah. Perfect peace. Perfect peace have they who keep his mind stayed on him. Hallelujah. And here in Philippians 4, let me read verse 6 again. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, without taking too much time with the peace of God, I believe is the power of God. The peace of God is not meaning everything is smooth, calm. 
you know, I, I preached on this years ago when I talked about when the disciples were going across to the other side. And it said there was a great storm of hurricane proportion arose and came up on them. And, um, and so it says Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat. And, and, and the disciples said, don't you care? Don't you care? See, that's a thought. Don't you care? Meaning, 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 God, you don't care about me? So they're thinking in the midst of the storm was, God, you don't care about me. So they weren't thinking right thoughts. So, but, but Jesus did what? He, he got up and he said, he said, peace, be still. And it said there became a great calm. So, so the, the, the calm wasn't the peace. But peace is what produced the calm. See, the, the peace is power. Peace is the power that produced the calm. Jesus said, my peace I give you. So when Jesus released himself, he brought about the calm. Peace is the power that produced the calm. The calm wasn't peace. Because you got to realize peace is a spiritual force. It's a fruit of the spirit. It's, 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 it's a, it's, it, can, it, can, it can produce the calm, but it's, it's the power. So, so when it says the peace of God shall keep your hearts and minds. So here we're looking at this peace. It's what keeps my heart and my mind. But where does the peace come from? What I'm keeping my mind stayed on. See, that's why I have to renew my mind to the word. Because when I renew my mind to the word, what I'm going to do is I'm opening myself up to peace. No matter what I'm facing at the moment, as I keep my mind stayed on him, he brings about the peace in my life. Hallelujah. Keep your hearts and minds. Man, you know, there's, and if, and if I, I'm not careful, even, I'm even using the word careful because I'm not full of care. But just the, the whole aspect that you, ha, you have to be conscious of what you're thinking on. Because even as a pastor, I can receive reports, receive things, get words from people. And you know what? The people that are talking to me don't need me to get fearful for them. You know, as a church, you don't need me to get fearful on your behalf and get on board with you with your emotions. You need me to be in a place of faith, right? So, so when I hear something from you, I, I, it's not for me to say, oh, man, Joseph, that's, I've never heard of anything like that, man. I don't know what we're going to do. I, I, I can't, and and to, where, to where that I don't know what we're going to do all of a sudden affect me emotionally. No, what I have, to, I have to keep my mind, even though I might not know the next step to take, even I don't know what's happening, even though I don't know why this hasn't happened yet or why God hasn't, hasn't come through in this aspect yet, I've got to keep my mind stayed on him. That, that's renewing our mind. Renewing the mind is what are you putting your mind on? And so here I have to get to a place where, where I'm not tossed to and fro by reports. By, by what, what the enemy's saying, what the doctor's report's saying, what, what came about, what the finances look like, what the bank account looks like. I can't, I can't allow that, those things to affect my peace. I've got to keep my mind stayed on him. Because it's when I do that, it says peace will guard my heart and guard my mind. Hallelujah. 
I want my heart and mind guarded. I don't want, I don't want to give the enemy access over my heart and over my mind. Now hold your place there and let's go to 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians. Love Wednesday night's teaching, getting to teach the word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Now keep that, that, that terminology, keep your hearts and mind. That's, that's a word, um, I think Annette, you talked on this, garrison about, right? That, that's one, one um, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let me read, the, before I read uh, 2 Corinthians 10, let me find it, get to it first. Hallelujah. Philippians 4, 7, the Amplified says, And the God of peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot, whatever sword that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall now garrison and mount guard over your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. This garrison—it's a military term. Garrison about it's a military term, meaning as I'm as I'm got my mind focused on the right thing, there is a there is a protection, there is a military force around my heart and my mind. But it's dependent on what I'm thinking on, right? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Second Corinthians ten. Verse 3, it says, For though we walk not in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Hallelujah. So though, though, therefore, because we're flesh, natural, we don't have to walk natural. Because we live in this world, we don't have to be subject to everything that's going on in this world. Because, because there's chaos going on in the world, I don't have to be chaotic. Even though there's chaos around me, I don't have to have chaos in me. Hallelujah. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So though I'm walking in this world, I don't war after the flesh. I don't, I don't fight like everyone else fights. I don't, I, don't, I don't deal with things the way the world deals with things. I deal with things different. Then it says this, casting down imaginations. Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Casting down. There's something I, I could talk about in the scripture. But I, I know it's not my assignment to go into all of the scripture. But that, that casting down imaginations. That casting down imaginations. Say that casting down. Casting down. So in Philippians, it talked about it, it talked about garrisoning about. Talked about keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, right? And here it says casting down every imagination. The word cast down, or the word cast in the in the in the Greek is is the Greek word balo, and it means to throw from you. And it means to throw away, to throw. So when it says casting down every imagination, what's an imagination? Imagination is a thought. 
Casting down every imagination. Casting down every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So, so when I'm facing something and I'm having this thought, I'm having this thought, what I need to do, and it's, this thought doesn't line up with God's word. It tells me I'm to cast down every thought in imagination. I'm to cast every thought in every imagination. I'm to throw it. There's some things you just need to throw down. You need to, you, if you need to go home and, and, and you're battling things, the enemy's trying to remind you of something or tell you of something, write those things down on a piece of paper and, and put next to it in this piece of paper. On this piece of paper, put the thoughts that you have about what's going on. In this, in this piece of paper, put, put the knowledge of God, put the word of God on this piece of paper. Then what you do is crumble up that piece of paper and cast it down. Throw it from you. You need to throw some things down. You need to throw, throw some things away. You need to, you need to, because what's happening is, is, is those thoughts are hindering you from having peace. Those thoughts are keeping you from having, having your, your heart and mind being garrisoned about. So we have to cast down thoughts that don't line up with God's word. This is all part of renewing the mind. See, part of renewing the mind, you know, in the original language is to renovate. It means to reconstruct. It means to tear down and build anew. Mm -hmm. Tear down and build anew. So you know what? There are some things that you need to cast down so you can build anew. Amen. Hallelujah. Casting down every thought in imagination. Are you with me tonight? Amen. Are you asleep? (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hmm. Thank you, Father. Let's just stay here. Philippians 4. 7 again. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren... Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So now it tells us, it gives a checklist of what we can think on. A checklist. Tells us what to think on. So it tells us what to think on. We, now we know what not to think on. Think on things that are true. So that means I don't think on things that are false. Right? So here, so here if I think on things that are true, then I have to disregard things that are deception. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Think on things that are true. What's, what's true? See, when you get a report from the doctor, you have, you have a present reality or a current reality, but then you have to connect that current reality to what a higher truth is because the Bible says his word is truth. His word is true. 
So, so I, I disregard what's false and I embrace, think on things that are true. Well, what does God say about this? Now, it might be true, true in the natural that I, that I have this report of, of, uh, of what's going on in my finances. But then I think on things that are true. Well, his word says that my God shall supply. What's true is I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. And because I'm righteous, I have the Abraham blessing upon my life. And Abraham was blessed coming in. And Abraham was blessed going out. Abraham was above only. And Abraham was not beneath. So, so here I have a truth in the natural. But yet I think on things that are true. I think on things that are true. So here I can, I can totally judge my life based on, based on this checklist. So let me ask you. Is it okay to think on false things? Now let me say it again. Is it okay to think on false things only a few of you is it okay to think on false things (laughs) hallelujah thank you father next one do i think on things that are honest hallelujah think on things that are honest you know if if immediately you're going into a situation and something came about and and it it is it, it makes you look in a negative standpoint and all of a sudden you have a thought come to you and it says well, maybe I, I don't have to tell them the whole truth. Maybe I could just tell them just part of the truth. Or I can just tell this part of the truth, and not, maybe they won't think about that part of the truth. And, and so, is, so what happened is you being dishonest, all of a sudden now is when that situation arises, it's going to make you nervous. It's going to make you jumpy. It's going to make, why? Because, because now you're living based on a lie instead of living on, based on something that's honest. So, so you have to, how, what do I do with my mind? And I can go on and on down each one of these. Think on things that are just. Meaning I'm thinking on things that are right. That means I don't think on wrong things. I don't think on wrong things. I think on things that are pure. That means I think on things that are clean. I think on things that are holy. I think on things that are lovely. I mean, I, I don't think I need to go through each one and describe what's What's ugly and what's lovely? What's, what's right and what's wrong? What's, 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 um, what's messed up and what's pure? Think on things and what's over things are of a good report. So, so what, when, you, when you bring these things that you're thinking and, and you're facing something in life and you're facing things, you have to match up. Am I thinking on something that's pure? Am I thinking on things that are lovely? Am I thinking on something that's right? Am I thinking on right things? Or am I thinking on wrong things? Hallelujah. Because, because in Corinthians it says casting down every thought and imagination. Well, what things do I cast down? The things that aren't pure. The things that aren't good report. The things that aren't pure. The things that aren't true. The things that aren't honest. Anything that's apart from that list, those are the things I cast down. Hallelujah. And that's whether we're dealing with, that's whether you're, you're living your life, going about living your life, that's how I think. I'm going to choose to think on these things, and this is how I'm going to live my life. If you get a report from the doctor, well, let me match that up to, okay, what does God's word say about this? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I heard it said this way, you know, you know it's kind of like cast those thoughts and that keeping your heart and mind. 
you know, think on these things. You know, you need, we need our own personal mind bouncer, so to speak. You know, I mean, not that you all go to bars or not, but, but you know, a bouncer at a bar where they keep, they keep some, something, for someone from coming in, right? And you need, in the Christian sense, when it comes to our mind, you need, you need a bouncer at the door <laughs> of your mind on what thoughts you're going to bounce. These are thoughts that I bounce, and these are thoughts that I throw. These are thoughts that I think on, and these are thoughts that I let go of. These are thoughts that I hold on to, and these are the thoughts that I will not allow in my thinking. These are things I will not allow in my thinking. I will not allow in my home. I will not allow. I'm not going to allow this thinking to go on in my life because what I think affects my peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As it pertains to thinking, stop talking about how bad the world is. Let me say it again. Stop talking about how bad the world is. Why? Because we're to think on things that are lovely. Think on things that are a good report. Why, why do I bring that up? Because, you know, I'm on social media some more, more for messaging people back and forth. I very rarely make posts. I, I just really have what the Lord really directs me to post, not post, what conversations to be a part of, what conversations not to be a part of. I think a lot of things that we that tend to happen on Facebook, even though we might be right, are still done in a wrong heart. And I think we have to stop talking about how bad the world is. Stop talking. Go go to... Some of you are like, well, i got to stand up for this. i got to stand up for that. Well, if the Lord directs you to. I'm not telling you to disobey that. My thing is, is, is how does it affect your thinking? How is it affecting your thinking? You know, it's, it's, it's being, talk about, well, man, did you hear how bad they were? Did you hear what that couple did, Joseph? Yeah. And next thing you know, they, they talk about that couple for 30 minutes and, and what they did. Come on. And how bad the things they did. What you did, you just meditate on it. So, you know what, that person might not need to, to hear about their sexual sin that they were just, that, 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 that family was a part of. Why? Because it could have planted a thought in their head. Let me, you, you want a scripture for this? Let's go to Ephesians, Ephesians 4. We stand up for truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Actually, Ephesians 5. I'm not supposed to get to Ephesians 4 yet. Ephesians 5. Hallelujah. says, take no part in and have no fellowship with the fruitless deeds and enterprises of darkness. But instead, let your lives be so in contrast as to expose and reprove and convict them. Meaning my life is to expose them. I'm sorry, verse, uh, verse 11. Take no part in and have no fellowship with fruitless deeds and enterprises of darkness. But instead, now get this, let your lives... Be so in contrast to and expose and reprove and convict them. Meaning, it's how I live my life that convicts them, not what comes out of my mouth. It's how I live my life. It's how I live my life is what brings conviction. 
Because the next verse says, for it is a shame, it is a shame even to speak of or mention the things that practice or, or things that are practiced in secret. Now, it's a shame for me to even talk about the things that have. So I'm not supposed to talk about how bad the world is or, or speak about what's going on with them. I'm supposed to live my life in a way that can, brings conviction to someone else's life, not talking about how bad their lives are. I could, I could show you other, other scriptures that Paul talks about. Because it's pretty much how I live my life and what I do is what's going to bring about an exposed truth. So let our lives reflect certain things. But it's based on what we're thinking up here. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Verse 22. That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. What does it say? Put off the former conversation of the old man. There's some things you just don't need to talk about anymore. There's There's some things you just don't need to talk about. There's things that you don't need to bring up in your home. There's some conversations you don't need to have. Put away the conversation of the old man. You know, and, and what a conversation of the old man. If, if I would have time, you know, just mark, uh, mark Matthew chapter 15, verses maybe 9 through 15. Jesus talks about what defiles a man. He talks about it's not what comes out of a man that defiles him, but what goes into him. And it talks about, it says, it says through a wicked heart... Through an evil heart brings forth murderings, brings forth strife, brings forth all these things. So, so everything you see going on in the world is a result of what's in the heart. Because it's out of that heart is, is what's spoken of. So then it's what comes out of a mouth, of, out of a man's heart is what defiles him. So it's that conversation. What's in your conversation? Because what's in your conversation is what's in your heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Put off the old conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So I put on, take off the old man, and I put on the new man. I put off the old conversation, which brings about deceitful lust, and I put on the new man that brings about true holiness. So this goes back to thinking on things that are true, yeah. thinking on things that are pure. Right? Verse 25. Wherefore put away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Put away lying. Putting, putting away lying. So it goes back to you know, think, excuse me, thinking on things that are honest. So the same thing is if I'm lying, it's what? A product of my mind. It's a product of my heart. Hallelujah. Verse 26. Be ye angry and sin not. Be angry. And what, how does anger happen? It's because it's a thought meditated on. It's a thought meditated on. And sin not. Let not sun go down in your breath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may give to him who have needeth. Let no corrupt communication, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. 
See, it, but it's, it, it, corrupt communication does it come from what? It's going to come from what's in your heart. So what's in my heart is what I put into my head, what I put into my mind, what I put into my thinking. Renewing the mind is going to shape our entire lives. Let no corrupt communication proceed of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed with the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you. Be put away from you. So here, these are all things, malice, bitterness, all these things are thoughts of the mind. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to have to put on that new man. That means I can control what I think. And I control what I think by what I'm putting into my mind. Think on things that are pure. Think on things that are just. Think on things that are a good report. Wherever, whatever you're going in your life and, and whatever decisions you have to make and whatever you're thinking on, ask yourself, is this true? Is this pure? Is this a good report? Is this lovely? Is this, is, this, is, this, is this speaking a good report over that person? Is this speaking something favorable over that person? Is this good communication? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to Colossians 3 and I'll close with this. I'm not done, but I've got to finish. So we talked about bouncers, we talked about casting, throwing things, we talked about jello molds, and um, one more thing as it pertains to our mind. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. I'm going to read the Amplified. And let the peace, and let the peace. Remember, keep your peace who keeps their mind stayed on thee. And let the peace, the soul harmony which comes from Christ, rule and act as an umpire continually. So we talked about bouncers, we talked about throwing things, and now we talk about umpires. And let the peace from Christ rule and act as an umpire continually. Let peace Act as an umpire continually. How do I know if I'm thinking right things? Peace. How do I know if I'm thinking wrong things? No peace. How can I tell when I'm not thinking on things that are true, just, lovely, good report? No peace. No peace. And here he says, and let the peace from Christ rule and act as an umpire. You know, I did search for I didn't have time to put it together. I was going to put together this collage of umpires throwing out coaches from baseball. And just, just, just so you could see the umpires and how they're yelling at each other. You can't hear what they're saying. And they're kicking dust on each other's feet. And they're like, you know, they're like, you know, see, you need, you, yeah, sometimes that's what we need to get with thoughts. Because we need to let peace rule as an umpire. You know what? I'm going to cast that thought. Why? Because that thought is not bringing me peace. That thought is not bringing me peace. And you need to let the peace of God be an umpire. What, what does an umpire do? They, they enforce rules. What does an umpire do? They determine safe or out. 
Okay, that's the thought that's safe, and that's the thought you just need to get out. Let the peace act as an umpire. Hallelujah. And let the peace from Christ rule and act as an umpire continually in your hearts. King James says, and let the peace of God rule. That word rule is there, act as an umpire. Rule in your hearts. Where's the peace got to rule? In my heart. In my heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to read this all the way through. And let the peace from Christ rule, act as an umpire continually in your hearts. Now get this. Deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. In that peaceful state to which we as members of Christ, one body, you were also called to live. And be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God. Now get this. And let the word of Christ have its home in your hearts and minds. And dwell in you in all its richness as you teach, admonish, train one another in all insight and intelligence and wisdom and spiritual insights as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody to God with grace in your hearts. So you let peace rule in your heart and you let the word make its home in your heart. This is part of renewing our mind, allowing the right things in, casting the wrong things out. Keeping your mind focused on the right things. Because when your mind is on the right things, you will have what? Peace. Hallelujah. Say this with me. My mind is my mind. Father God, help me to know what's true, lovely, good report, honest, pure. So I walk in peace. I keep my mind stayed on you and I have peace help me father Holy Spirit renew my mind in Jesus name receive that word tonight we'll give him a shout of praise for the word amen hallelujah